This is Perfect Organism, the Alien Saga podcast. Perfect Organism is the only exclusive alien podcast of its kind, with our official discussion group, the Wayland Yutani Bulletin. Expendable. The next time they sent in Marines, they were expendable too. What makes you think they're going to care about a bunch of lifers who found God at the ass end of space? You really think they're going to let you interfere with their plans for this thing? They think we're... we're crud. And they don't give a fuck about one friend of yours that's, that's died. Not one. Welcome to Perfect Organism, the Alien Saga Podcast. This is episode 56, I believe. I'm your host, J.M. Prater, and today I'm joined with one of my co-hosts, Dave Gogol, um, who r- helped runs the podcast with me and a couple other guys. Today we're joined by Dane Hout, who's, I want to call you the creature concept design designer for Alien Covenant. Is that correct? Is that a correct term? Well, not necessarily. Uh, actually, I'm glad I get to talk to you about that, because uh, it, it's... um. I mean, it, it, we, we, while we were drawing creatures and we did cross-pollinate with the creature design, a lot of the design work had already been done. Okay. So while we did get to do some of that stuff, I, I mean, I'd feel bad if the whole world knew me as the creature designer from Alien Carbon. It, gotcha. it wouldn't be right. Okay. Duly noted. And we're also joined by Matt Hatton. Is that, am I saying your, right, right, your name right? That's right. Yep. And uh, Matt, can you... Uh, Describe to us and the, the listeners kind of what your exact role was on the show. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, well, Dane and I pretty much worked hand in hand uh, on on most of the stuff. Uh, at first, I was doing um, props and weapons and and this and that, a uh, bit of hair and makeup design, that that sort of stuff. But then uh, I popped over to to the David drawings as well, uh, and. Basically, the way the the work sorted out was uh, we both went hardcore doing the um, the flora and fauna and uh, anatomical drawings of uh, of the engineers and that sort of thing. Uh, but then there was just so much work uh, that 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 was mainly uh, David's quarters. And then after that, uh, Dane uh, drove the 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 giant lab set. He did most of the stuff in there, which was an incredible effort because you you can't believe how those sets just ate up the drawings. Uh, and I concentrated on, on the shore drawings in, in the scroll room. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally, yes, totally. Uh, there was certainly some confusion with me. I mean, not really confusion, but I know that there's kind of a lot going on, especially in that room. And then with the book, the making of book, Dane, your, your piece is right on the cover. And so we had yep. kind of seen some other stuff that you've done so in my head the whole time I'm like okay this guy's designing creatures and then I had heard that like Carlos Huante was kind of involved but then he wasn't involved so I'm glad to hear kind of clarity on that yeah well actually it's funny after the film came out and I I mean this is the first time I've spoken to Matt actually since the movie's come out because uh, I I flew straight to Beijing pretty much after I saw it but um uh, the 
the, all of the Carlos Huarte work, it, it wasn't around when we were working on the film. So there were drawings that were given to us. Like there was a, you know, we had an online folder and we had access to pre-existing artwork and, and, you know, basically getting the language down for the film. But I was so surprised after the film came out, there was so much extra stuff that it obviously is from drafts of the script that we had never read because yeah. I've never seen half of that stuff. And there's other dudes, guys I don't even know. I've never even knew their name. I mean, I'm familiar with Carlos's work, but there's a couple of other dudes who did some other creature stuff that I'd never seen before either. And I was like, wow, this is some, this is like a plethora of all stuff that I had no idea went on. Fascinating. Yeah, I love it. We can't get enough of it. <laughs> they did... Uh, well, uh, say to me anyway, uh, because, of course, you know, Dane and, and my first question is going to be, other creatures, other creatures, do we get to do creatures, you know? Uh, but but uh, they, they said that uh, basically rolling straight on from Prometheus, uh, Ridley had had guys on, on it for like, you know, 18 months already and that sort of thing. And uh, I'm guessing that was the Carlos stuff. And, of course, you know, um, you guys would have would have seen uh, the Beluga stuff from Prometheus, and obviously, while Carlos was rightly upset that you know that sort of didn't get in there, it, it sure came back full force um, with, with, with this movie. You know, so and obviously, you know, seeing his work and everything, which I adore, that uh, they've sort of kept going with with, with that you know, the white alien and, and that sort of thing. But, uh, yeah, no, look, a lot of that stuff, the, the, those storyboards that he did and, and, you know, the dog and all of that sort of thing, yeah, we hadn't seen any of that at all. Oh, wow. Okay. Hmm. That's crazy. Hmm. So, uh, Dan, look, yo, I was going to say, by the looks of it, it kind of, <laughs> it, it feels better to me that it, it, you know, wasn't in the script, I guess. It would, just would have been odd if David had a pet on the planet I don't know. That's that early blue sky stuff, you know. It's yeah, it's yeah. useful to, to know what not to do as what to do in those early days. Yeah. So when you guys were brought on, uh, what 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 were what were the kind of I, I don't want for lack of better terms instructions or what was the plan? What what were you you were hey we have this room and this is what we want you to do in this room we want you to come up with designs and but because I'm asking that also because I in that room you see some protomorphs or ze, uh, neomorphs or whatever like little tiny guys and then weird looking kind of spider like face huggers that are dead and that looks like some of your drawings Dane yeah well what so well, that's sort of two questions but um. First of all, the the way that it evolved is, you know, Matt and I were both brought on as concept artists. So we're just doing, like I was doing some props and other, you know, garbage like that. And Matt was the same thing. He was doing some other kind of more uh, practical contributions to the story. But we knew that there were these drawings coming up and that's what we wanted to do. And so they gave us, they, they basically said, look, can you, it was uh, Victor Zolfo, the set decorator. He basically... Um, charged us with doing some Geiger illustrations, rendering them with charcoal or pen and seeing if we could nail this vibe. And he kept kept giving us this Rembrandt drawing of a conch shell and it's a, it's a Quill and Ink illustration. And I don't know how Matt felt about it, but I was kind of like, well, what's, what's the go with this shell, man? I, I don't care about this shell. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, 
But Ridley was hell-bent on us drawing this show. Like, he just wanted to see if we could do it. And um, so we did it. You know, I did mine. I didn't even really finish mine because I just – I was so <laughs> like, man, I just want to do some monsters, you know. And um, but, but it worked, though. Like, um, you know, Ridley saw it and he, he liked both our stuff and was like, yep, these, these are the guys for the job. And then after that, we would just let off the leash. It was just draw your balls off. And, uh, you know, it went from, originally it was going to be like 30 drawings and it ballooned. Which and, I said, you no know, longer have the ball. What's that, man? I said, that's why that? you don't have any balls. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, and so it was, um, I mean, it kind of ballooned into, after that, it turned from 30 drawings into, I've said this a couple of times, but it's been about 600 drawings. I mean, some of which wow. I can't see, but, you know. Some of them were pretty good. And um, as for the drawings in the lab, that's where we got to cross-pollinate. That's where, like, so we were going into the creature workshop and looking at the stuff they were making and then going back into our, you know, little den and then imagining what it would be if it was cross-sectioned or mutilated. And then the creature guys came in and they did some sketches. They did some sculpts of um, the sketches. So it was kind of like a... That's where we got to do some design work and, and cross pollination. Awesome. Did you guys yeah, use the um, you know David's character at all as motivation when you're doing these drawings? You just went with whatever you guys came off the dome. Man, I'm gonna I'm... say absolutely, but let Matt go for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he knows I've got a lot to say on it. Yeah. Uh, but just backing up a, a, a touch. Uh, the, the whole thing with, with the shells and, and can you do Giga but not in airbrush, in, in charcoal and that sort of thing, the internal logic was, and, and we didn't know it at the start really, but uh, uh, what was that David being the mad scientist and, and that sort of thing and, uh, you know, his hubris uh, that he's inherited from his father figure and all of that sort of thing, uh, he, he's working in this classical style and basically that comes from uh, using what he has at hand and that, and that sort of stuff and, and, you know, his own arrogance. So the, the, um, the two sort of touchstones were uh, Leonardo with, with the, the dissections and all of that sort of thing and, and those anatomical drawings and also, yes, the Rembrandt shells and, and that cross-hatching style. And... Uh, so, so it, it works for the character of David, considering himself an artist and a creator and all of that sort of thing on, you know, both levels. Uh, yeah, so, but to, to, to the second question, absolutely. Like, you know, Jane knows I, I just went fanboy crazy and, and <laughs> everything I, I do is sort of, you know, okay, the visuals, but I, I want it to be story and character. And again, it's it's David's hubris. So in all the the um, scientific notation, I wrote a whole backstory covering everything I could think of, and always with uh, David's personality driving it. And there's an arc basically for the work that we both did. At first, it seems innocent, and they seem like regular scientific drawings. Uh, as we start in, in 
you know, with the flora and fauna and that sort of thing. And eventually the art progresses to, oh, this is a bit dodgy and then we finally get to shore and that sort of thing. And, you know, it's we know he's lost his marbles and that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, the, the show stuff is is great. I mean, when I was looking through the um, art book, I mean, one of my favorite parts of the movie was the whole Leb and Shaw part, Shaw um, scenes, and to go through it in the art book, see the little details you guys did, you guys did is incredible. Is there anything you guys used as um, you know motivation when doing so, or that was just it? That, well, that was really Geiger. So when when it came to doing the Shaw drawings, that I still did heaps of them, but uh, I, I didn't never finish them to the degree which Matt did. But we were both – that was kind of where we got to be – like in the script originally it described this scenario, you know, the, the, the whole kind of David's arc was, you know, it was expressed via the drawing. So it starts off with, you know, the, uh, the nature drawings, which Matt and I were both always leaning on some Geigery kind of patterns and, uh, you know, languages – within those kinds of drawings and then mm -hmm. move straight into, you know, in the lab, I just went berserk doing, you know, basically Geigery stuff. But then with the short things, for me at least, when, when I was putting stuff together, I was trying to go absolutely balls to the wall and we are both sort of <laughs> Ridley's original directions were, it was, like this, this was literally in the script. It goes, these are nightmare visions. They're, um, they're perverse, they're penetrative, they're pornographic. And then nightmarish, right? So we just called it the nightmare porn. Sure. And I did, <laughs> I did a ton of um, pencil sketches. Matt did heaps of pencil sketches, but Ridley was totally scared shitless of it. <laughs> really? <laughs> Willie doubled back. It, it was like, no, 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 no. This is way too much. <laughs> yeah. do, do you remember our <laughs> delayed reaction, dude? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because <laughs> at first we were we were all you know we were crestfallen because nearly all of them were rejected and that sort of thing of because they told us like go hard and and make them nasty is what they said yeah you certainly certainly and, did that <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah and and then Ridley had this reaction and, and what were the words Dana I think it was like what is wrong with us <laughs> that's right. <laughs> So we, we were sort of, you know, we, we were crushed uh, that pretty much all of it got rejected. But but then we had this delayed reaction of that's fucking awesome that, that we yeah. are Lee and, and that sort of stuff. Yep. Wow. There was one in particular which I called a, the Valentine's Day um, drawing um, where it looked like a, a baby, maybe Neomorph with maybe a, a you know, taking its life force from shore. I mean, it is, and it's shaped almost like a heart. It's fantastic. Oh, the, in, in the placenta sort of thing. And yes, 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 yes. Or it looked like right. a big spore to, or something like a plant enveloping Shaw's body or something like yes. that. Yeah. That one too. Uh, uh, those, there were a bunch that were done at the last second that, uh, that, that, you know, that, and basically that's, most of my stuff in, in, in the book with, with just these few drawings that were done ridiculously quickly. 
it's very Hollywood, you know. Um, and all the way along, I was saying, man, I, I, I'm a bit worried about, you know, having the time to do these justice and, and, and that sort of thing. Uh, and everybody, everybody, even Ridley was saying, don't worry about time. We'll give you tons of time and it'll all be fine, Matt, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, because uh, Dane and I would go in and have, have our review with Ridley. And then, you know, on, on the fateful day that those last few were approved, you know, we get back from set to the office and they're like, yeah, you've got an hour for each of them. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah. moving back, backing up a little bit, can you guys talk <laughs> about uh, kind of just kind of want to find out a little bit more who you are, like and how you kind of got your start? Um, you know, uh, you know, we I, I, I try to or we're trying to ask questions because I know you guys have done interviews and print interviews and that kind of thing. And uh, a lot of times you, people ask you the same questions over and over and you're giving the same answer and over and over. So we're trying to kind of stay away from that. We want, um, we're not that famous. <laughs> yeah. But in, in fandom, this behind the scenes shit is, is like balls to the wall. Like this is what people love. Yeah. Um, so I think you have a pretty, pretty astute following in fandom. Um, if you know or not, I mean, you know, even seeing Dane, your Facebook page, I mean, it's blowing up. Um, so, but yeah, like, just like how you guys kind of got involved in what you're doing and how it led you to, and I know it's kind of a, a not like a quick answer, but kind of what, how, how it kind of led you to where you are right now, like kind of your earliest stuff. Um, Matt, you, you, I mean, yours is like just 50 years old, so go for it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh. I like that so ancient. <laughs> and so public. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I guess, well, both of us sort of grew up on Alien and, and, and you know, and Giga and all of that stuff and, and Star Wars and all, all the rest of it, you know, that made us want to do this stuff. So, uh, I, I came to it sort of later because I, I started out in advertising, graphic design and all that sort of stuff and uh, uh, changed to freelance illustration and then finally put my money where my mouth was and, and got into film and television and stuff. So that's how I came to it. What was the first gig you did, Matt? What was the first movie? Uh, for Alex... I guess Alex Press because uh, like he called me up and, and said he'd seen comic stuff that I'd done and did I want to come and storyboard and that sort of thing, which was cool because you know I, I had a list and it was a short list in being in Australia and stuff of visual directors and basically it was Alex Press and, and George Miller, so you know <laughs> that's pretty mad. So what film was it? <laughs> It was Alex's worst film, <laughs> um, the Egypt which one? was called uh, Garage Days. I, I actually worked for him for a few years before that, doing uh, uh, you know um, ads and short films and and that sort of gear. So yeah. Okay. Awesome. All right. Well, I love uh, his film Dark City. I mean, it's it's you know uh, it's yeah. a great movie. Yeah, there's nothing like perennial it. underrated. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I wish you'd kind of go back that direction. Uh, I don't want to sound like I'm not big on Alex's stuff because I am. It's too late. I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so when I was in, uh, like, you know, just like Matt was saying, ever since I was a kid, I, you know, I knew I wanted to work in the film industry. Um, I just, you know, I just wanted to make films. More than anything, I just wanted to draw monsters, actually. And so, 
you know, I, I um, you know, I went to high school, blah blah blah, and uh, when I got out, I I went to a film school, what I thought was a film school, but it wasn't really. It was, I was, I was pretty poor, so I went to the only sort of government funded one, and it was kind of crappy. So that didn't really work out. I'm, I'm pretty rebellious as well, so I understand that they didn't really appreciate my uh, lackluster efforts in school. And um, what happened was I actually, I went to, uh, towards the end of my tenure there, there was a film happening, just some something that never got released. I don't even know what it was called, but I volunteered on there and I ended up, I stopped going into school and just stayed on this film because I just didn't care. And, you know, all I wanted to do was work on film. So I did that. I thought everyone there was kind of, I don't know, a little bit gruff, and I was like, oh, man, I hope I never see these people again, but whatever, at least I get to work on a film. But what happened was, you know, I ended up, um, I was living in my friend's garage. I had no money, and I, I had to get work. I had to start making some money, so I got a job at a call center, which, you know, I was really bad at using computers, and I I can't type. I couldn't type. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. So I gave myself two weeks at a call center. I was just going to stay there and collect money and leave because I didn't even know how to work the whole system there. It was a nightmare. But I ended up lasting nine months. And uh, one day, it was a Friday, I walked in and I had had enough. I was like, this is it. I never want to do this ever again. I, I just want to leave. So I told him, I said, look, I want to leave today. And they said, you can't leave today. You have to give notice. And I said, but I've got a dream job in Hollywood, you know, and, and how could you stand in my way? And they said, they go, oh, no, yeah, absolutely, right. So I totally bullshitted. I just lied and they were, and they were cool. They were like, they were like great, great. Um, you, you can go. Good on you. Congratulations. I was like, yeah, thanks. Thanks, man. And towards the end of the day, I actually took a phone call. I was managing one of the toll roads, you know, like, you know, roads where you got to yeah. pay money to travel on it. I took a phone call from one of the transport guys that was working on a film here in 2007. It was the first Wolverine film or in Australia. Um, and um, I just immediately logged the call in personal time and I started talking to the dude and I said, listen, I'm trained in, you know, special effects and blah, blah, blah. You know, is there any way I can talk to someone about some work? And the guy just gave me contacts. And so I hung up the phone, I walked out of the office and I called these contacts and, you know, they were all like, no, 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 no. And, I, you know, I was pretty uh, uh, pretty motivated. And I said, look, what about if I just take you out to lunch and I pick your brains about the industry, you know? Like, I, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll do anything. I'll work for free. And the guy goes, look, send me your CV. We'll see what happens. Anyways, I sent the CV in I, by fax back in those days. And it went to... Uh, so you're all two, are you? <laughs> <laughs> um, and so um, it, it, it actually got received by one of the guys that I had volunteered on that shitty film that never got released. And I think he, like, so he called me up and gave me the job. It was in special effects. And um, I think uh, he only really did it out of curiosity because he, he probably just recognized the title of the film on the CV. Anyway, so, you know, I started off in SFX and uh, prop making. And I still do those things. I, sometimes I manage to go, like, I think on I think on Fury Road, I think I have three credits from being in three different departments. So I managed to haul myself out pretty effectively on any given job. So yeah, that's that's my that's my background. And then um, you know, I, I was always a pretty okay illustrator and so now I I, I focus most of my time on doing that. Oh nice. Awesome. Dave. 
Yeah. Actually, Dan, I had one question for you regarding one particular movie. I saw you played a zombie on Wormwood. What was that like? <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Um, it was What's Very up, man? awesome movie for you. I haven't seen it, by the way. <laughs> I said you didn't even need any makeup. You were perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I was the fat zombie. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Uh, what it was, uh, there was a, a friend of mine, uh, Kieran Jordan, that I worked with on a kids TV show um, in the early days. And uh, he was working on this film in, in a producing capacity. And he just called me and says, hey, what are you doing? And it just happened to be one of those quiet times. I said nothing. He goes, do you want to come down and help us do some props and muck around on this movie? I was like, yeah, sure. So I came down, and then when I got there, they were like, oh, do you want to be a zombie? I was like, yeah, sweet. No worries. So, um, <laughs> yeah. And so, um, yeah, I was one of, I'm the zombie that breaks the guy's hand off when he's in the car. You, you can kind of see me. Oh, in okay. <laughs> yeah. I have to look for it next time I watch it. Well, yeah, yeah, zombie that, movie fans that are out there, you sorry, need to yeah. check out Wormwood. It is A+. Plus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good on those guys. I mean, they made it on a, on a pretty tight budget, and, uh, you know, it got heaps of attention. So, you know, good on them. It's great. Yeah, definitely. So then uh, what's your, your journey, both of you? Like, how did Covenant present itself to you? Uh. It, sorry, in, in, in what way? Well, I just mean like, for instance, uh, like, how did you get the job? <laughs> applying and applying and applying again. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, look, so when I, I heard that it was going to be local to us, and so when, I, when it was confirmed, when someone sort of said, look, I, I think we've got the next Prometheus film, I emailed the art director, Ian Gracie, which Matt and I have worked for a couple of times. Um, he's a supervising art director. And I, in my email, I just said, hey, Ian, I'm not going to bug you with useless information. Uh, I know that Alien is coming, and I need you to know two things. Number one, uh, no one, you'll never meet anyone in your life who loves Alien as much as me. So number two, <laughs> I can drop the shit out of those monsters. And so <laughs> I did that and, you know, it was, I was on Hacksaw Ridge at the time and um, I, sort of, I sort of left that to go to an interview with the, uh, the production designer, and, um, which we didn't have very much to do with. Like, um, like Chris was definitely into everything that we're doing, but it was more Victor, the set decorator, that kind of um, like took us on because the, our illustrations took place in such a um, – set dressing capacity like it was even though it was integral to the story it was also it was uh furnishing as well so it became a set deck deal so we ended up working for him that's how i got that's how i did it anyways um i remember when, when they talked to me about line drawing uh, i i said you must contact matt and i think they'd already spoke to him like straight after me so yeah i was a uh, pretty i was hoping that we'd get to work on it together and we did it was awesome Nice. Yeah, yeah. It, it was full on and literally months of seven day weeks. Uh, yeah. and, but, uh, you know, and, and we didn't kill each other. So that was great. You know? <laughs> but the thing was that uh, with those drawings, uh, because they're supposed to come from David, if they'd hired more people, that that would have meant that that sort of more difference would would come in and and it was very clever of them to ha to have 
the Leonardo and, and uh, um, Rembrandt as, as the touchstones because that's where we could sort of hook on and say, okay, this is our aesthetic, we've got to make it look like that. Uh, and actually, I think, Dane, my memory is, is that earlier on, Ridley didn't even realise we we were two guys. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I that. Yeah. yeah, so that was great to hear because, you know, yeah. obviously things were working. But, you know, the more you could have hired more people, but the, the work would have, would have started to look a bit different. Uh, so that's why it was so hardcore and, and so many hours. But, uh, yeah, no, because... Uh, <laughs> I guess our, our common thing, and uh, we, we'd met on, on an Alex film uh, that, that didn't happen in the end uh, called Paradise Lost. Ironically enough, Paradise Lost. Yeah, uh, no way. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that, that was, uh, you know, I don't know, our friendship is based on some very similar things, and Alien and Giga are certainly two of them, and, you know, so we were like pigs in mud. Yep. And yeah, uh, and, and I've got to say thanks to Dane. He's always, you know, talking me up. And and if he talks to anybody, you know, he, he'll, you know, put in the word for me all the time and stuff. And I, I got to admit that I I, did, I wasn't like that with with Ian Gracie. I, I was like, well, I've worked in this department and that department and the other department. So let me send you three different folios and blah 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 blah. You know, because I was just <laughs> I got to be on that thing. You know. Uh, and I work in animation as well as live action because, you know, Australia is a smaller industry, so being able to jump around and wear many hats is a good thing. Matt, I actually had a question for you about your um, deliciously titled The Tumor Garden, <laughs> which is something I think um, Hannibal would appreciate. Um, I, I kind of appreciated what you said about the um, the fans' reaction to the uh, – the, the shortened life cycle. I was wondering if you had anything else to say on that. Uh, that matter has been quite a, uh, a touchy subject amongst the uh, the fan base. <laughs> well, yeah, it's it's. I don't know. I, I can see that because it's, I don't know. There are a few things mixed up here to me. Where uh, yeah, the, the, and and that is exactly why I did that drawing because uh, and, and even with some of the plant drawings that. Uh, there, there are like shapes and notations and that sort of stuff with the Giga uh, shape language and, and where, where I, I've been like, well, what is the internal logic? For me, it doesn't matter if, you know, in the final thing you, you don't know overtly, just as long as, as there's an internal logic to things. And one of those were, was, you know, the, the speed of the growth and all of that sort of thing when we don't really know if it feeds on anything. And, and I think right. people forget because the first movie is so ubiquitous that it happened in a few hours then too. And we have this yeah. weird thing now where although this is a prequel and, and we need to see it that way in some respects, it absolutely trades on the earlier films too in, in terms of cinematic shortcuts where, okay, we all know it grows quickly and, and we, we just want to get down to the nasty stuff now. So, you know, you, you make it shorter and so it's not a literal thing. And, look, I, I can absolutely understand fans being upset and, and ironically themselves being very literal-minded about this movie because uh, I feel when it got so cut back to, to 
the action and the main beats, then of course all that stuff is is compacted. Uh, but yeah, so, so getting back to to the point, uh, tumor garden. Okay, we know tumors grow very quickly and that sort of thing. And using your body as an incubator is another thing where we, where we know stuff heals. Or, or grows a lot faster, which is why, you know, you'll see people in accidents with their hands sewn into their stomachs and that sort of stuff um, to help the, the process. Uh, so just all of these sort of things and uh, with, with the shells and the, and the plants, uh, like shitness or, or fibrous uh, sort of materials where um, you could increase the size without increasing the weight and rapid expansion, all of these sort of things are just sort of baked in there. Um, and, and, and again, okay, it, it does address how maybe it could grow so damn fast, uh, but also it just gives a consistency to, to all the drawings, even if you don't know what the reasoning behind it is. But yeah. Right. <laughs> um, I just want to chime in about the growth of the creatures as well. Um, just quickly, I just think that the first one, that Alien, is so masterful in how its beats unravel that it's amazing how many diehard fans I talk to and they, they don't realize, like people have said to me, oh man, you know the first one, you know, that it took place over at least two days, you know, and I'm like, yeah, that's it's not it, like, that's not what happened, but it's just because the movie is so well done. Yeah. That's, why, that's why I feel like, um, that's why I feel like Alien outclasses Prometheus in, in a couple of ways in that when you leave the alien experience, you don't ask questions about the origin of the creature. You've just had such a thrilling connection to the characters in the film and the world was so masterfully painted and established that you didn't ever question it. You just felt like you're in that world. It's like Star Wars. You don't sit around and go, I wonder where they get their water from on Tatooine. You don't think about that. <laughs> Because <laughs> the world's established, like it's done, it's it's all sorted out. That's why Alien was so great, and so I think when people, you know, it's it's just so many films are made in its shadow, and it's so hard to, um, it, it, it's so hard to, I guess, play harmoniously in, in next to that film, you know, which is how you know right. Aliens did so successfully. Mm. But so, um, yeah, you know, it's funny because you know the creatures do grow fast, and they are they are you know sort of. Uh, a genetic, um, they're genetically volatile. So it's a little hard to just say, oh, this is how it's going to be. But in the same, you know, on the other hand, I kind of feel like it's a bit of a cop-out just to go, oh, yeah, yeah, no, I can do anything. You know, a trilobite can invent all this mass from nothing at any given time, whenever it wants. It's a little tricky to buy that, you know? And I think yeah, it, it seems like, too, that so really it just comes down to editing and pacing i think uh alien yeah. and alien were, were paced much more uh it was much more of a slow burn and with covenant yeah. it was just like boom 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 and so i think if anything what's jarring about covenant is wasn't the events that were unfolding and the creatures growing it was the the way it was the, the pacing of it and it was like oh okay yeah. here we are you know and i think that's what yeah that's what probably throws people off. And it's just, it's just an editing and a pacing thing. Um, I agree completely. Yeah. And you can understand where, you know, because it has been so stripped back uh, that all the metaphorical stuff sort of takes a backseat and, and it does become about the story beats uh, because, you know, it, it becomes a more literal thing. Uh, 
when, when, when it's so fast and everything, you, you don't have time to, to see all the, well, oh, I, I get the metaphor there and that sort of thing. And, and the other part of it too is that when you're stripping it back to those beats, these are beats that we've seen before. Mm-hmm. We, we, in yeah. a few films now, uh, we, we've, okay, they, they get the call, they investigate, go down on the planet or whatever, someone gets infected, come back to the ship or hell breaks loose, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and, and so if, if you're stripping it back to that, it does become more literal. And, yeah, I, I can understand the reaction. So you guys, what was it like? I mean, okay, so you're you're in the studio and you're and you're uh, drawing and you're uh, making these things, you know, the whatever whatever you know, all of these kind of things before you. Um, what at what point are you are you, is your work going into the actual set, like David's laboratory, and how how did that work? Um, yeah, it was a it was a tough process because. You know, obviously, we're not going to use real artwork. We're not going to just do the charcoal drawings and put them straight into the set yes. because, yeah. you know, we couldn't risk the drawings getting effed up. I mean, early on, there was talk of maybe doing that. But, you know, you know, Matt and I both decided, look, it's way better to turn these into digital assets because then we can do multiple sizes. We can do multiple versions of them. And then ultimately, Matt and I had to resort to, you know, we call them Frankensteins where we would chop up bits of our existing drawings and, and you know, mix them around in Photoshop so that they looked entirely different um, to basically generate numbers because we really just kept on upping the order of the amount of um, drawings that had to appear in the set. So what we had to do is we had to obviously draw them, then scan them in at a high resolution. We had assistance help us out. Um, scan them in and then at a high resolution, mess with them in Photoshop, maybe clean them up sometimes, maybe dirty them up other times, and then send them off to a printer, get them done, of which most of the logistics I was looking after with, uh, while Matt was hard at work doing the, you know, the really detailed short drawings, I was sort of managing all of the, um, the prints. And so there was me and, and two other girls, was, um, Megan Leonard and Emma Gracie were, you know, helping us out and I mean the amount of times I used to walk in when my set was up when when the lab was done and all the drawings were in there I was so nervous before it happened I I was convinced the night before I went to set that I would be standing around on set I wouldn't have enough drawings and Ridley Scott would look at me and go what kind of a joke is this you know (laughs) it's gonna be a disaster and I got in, but sure enough, man, I had a surplus of drawings, which is a great relief. And um, that night I went home and I just spewed. <laughs> I, just, I was so tightly wound, I just I spewed. And then the next day, though, it was awesome. I was sitting around on set just watching him shoot the action in and around all, all the drawings. We had to shift them and move them out because when we were putting them up, I was sort of explaining where everything had to go because – you know, Matt and I, are very, we're very passionate about storytelling and the way that the drawings appear in the set for us. I mean, I know it's not going to make any, you know, the impact on the film overall is going to be quite minimal. But we know that if you paint the world, you know, with earnesty, then you, hopefully that bleeds into the, the end product. So we had to sort of, well, we both agreed that the drawing should be like a tapestry. And on one wall, it starts to tell a story and then evolves all the way around, you know, so... Uh, yeah, it was it was stressful, and the printing process was uh, complex, and I needed a lot of help. Um, but uh, I, I was really happy with it in the end. So. And and I got to say, I told you so about you stressing. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the yeah, important part. Like, like my stomach's in knots, and I'm like, nah, this is not going to work, man. We're dead. We're dead. There's not enough drawing. And that's like, kind of cool, man. You're fine. You're fine. And uh, no, he was right. You were right. <laughs> Has to happen every once in a while. So, <laughs> Matt, my question for you is there's obviously there's the drawing that you did of, of, of Shaw where she's her, I don't know what. Some her 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 innards her entails are by her head or something. I don't know what. It's very Geiger esque and it's very fascinating and it's gross and it's beautiful. But did they base the 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 bust they did of that like the three D one that you, that's covered up the actual body? Did they base that off of your your drawing or did you do do a drawing of it? It's actually closer to one of the other like a Photoshop uh, sort of montage that I did. I, I did a whole lot of stuff that was all based on um, the Italian uh, uh, anatomical Venus uh, works. Like, you know, you know, when you go to body works with the plastinated stuff and, you know, it was 17th or 18th century Italy. There, there were two schools and uh, that, that sort of did these wax figures um and one of the the schools i think from florence where, where it was um it presented them both as scientific but as as pieces of art uh and so um yeah i did an awful lot of that stuff uh not not much of which actually sort of made it but but you know there were a few that were were very like um what you saw with, with the with, with the model and everything uh and actually think that the one in the movie uh because we couldn't get a hold of of um scans or or, or um or castings or whatever of of numi um I, I think that body is actually penelope cruz <laughs> uh yeah. and and yeah wow. and absolutely it's, it's based on giggers lee and and that sort of stuff um yeah, yeah. Uh, the, but there are contradictions and that sort of thing. I, I, I know people have been like, oh, they don't match. But that's also sort of the point, <laughs> that they don't match, that David is an unreliable narrator. We've known that for a whole movie now. Um, you know, that something's not quite right and we can't rely on him. And I intentionally did a lot of the drawings uh, contradicting each other you know, so that it, like you say, it's it's not clear. It's it's you're not quite sure what's going on. Did it happen this way? Did it happen that way? That that's intentional because you know David's not quite right, and you can't believe what he says. And he he's he he. I, I mean, I was I've been saying to Dane that you know he's this sociopath because he, he's he, he covets humanity. And and he 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 wants to be human. He, he's better than he's he's not as human as and all. Basically, he's more than less than, but he wants to be human in a lot of ways. Uh, and I, I like the irony that part of it may be that you know maybe he did these things. Maybe some of those drawings are just actual drawings, and his creativity, you know, that that sort of stuff. So, you know, I I don't mind. Um, if if it doesn't seem to make sense because you then you have to ask yourself well why you know um but 
if you, I, I guess when a lot of that is isn't in the film and stuff, of course you can say, well, why doesn't this match that? Uh, that's a convoluted half answer, I guess. <laughs> Sorry, that works. It makes sense. Yeah. Well, Sorry. I mean, I just the, the the drawing that you did looks like the body that we saw on the table. So I was just curious right. what came first, the body or the drawing. I'm trying to remember which exact drawing that that was. <laughs> oh, there are a bunch. Okay. Uh, okay. I was assuming. Oh, just... is it the one where? Um, uh, but yeah, her, her, her yeah, her, her middle is all, is all gouged out and and the breasts and. It's presented with like these leaves, sort of decorating around the sides. Is yeah, that the like one? There's, there's something around her head too, and I don't know if it was like the her guts or or whatever was around her head. Like he kind of pulled up her body, <laughs> whatever he was taking out of her body, he kind of pulled it up and made it look like a crown around her head. It looked like a Geiger painting oh, a little bit. Oh yeah, the the Lee two one. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm sorry, I'm tr I'm trying to remember exactly. No, that's okay. Exactly. <laughs> Um, no, but like, man, I actually think they kind of like this is just observing. I, I kind of feel like they happened organically, independent of each other, because the creature guys. There's a lot of pressure on them to crank out a lot of stuff, and you know, this was obviously a feature piece. But one thing that we haven't really talked about is that it wasn't. We weren't even sure if that character was allowed to appear in the film for some of the time. So we we're always working towards it. But there's a chance they're going to take it out, put it back in, because they needed. Numi's authorization. They weren't sure if she was going to appear in the film in any capacity or just be ignored. Like, who knows, for, what, for whatever producing reasons, like, we're not privy to. Um, but, and so, I guess, kind of working on something, knowing it was in the script. Meanwhile, Matt was doing the exact same thing. So, I, I don't know if they kind of happened organically at the same time. Yeah, uh, we did share stuff around because. Uh, I, uh, there was that time, remember, when, when it all became sort of urgent about that particular sculpt and, and yep. that's referring back to when we, we, you know, didn't have any good reference of, of Numi and, and, and that sort of thing. Yeah. Okay. But so we, we shared back and forth. It's interesting. Obviously, you know, you know, a lot of people who watch films or whatever you, I mean, and I, I would like to call myself someone who kind of knows kind of how things happen but you don't things obviously don't happen as linear as you m might think it's like sections mm. it's this it's that it's things kind of come together um that's fascinating um i mean and i don't i even think i don't even think they announced numi's uh participation in the film until you guys were yeah, much later in production. i think um well yeah that was funny because you know, the original intent was that she was in it, and you, like Dane says, you know, the producers and and Fox or whoever, the you know those things sort of chop and change. But you know, she was supposed to be in it, and uh, you know, and in the end, she was in it, and she was on the set when people were still saying, uh, you know, this sucks, she's not in it, and blah blah blah. So yeah, it it is funny like that because. You know, sometimes you read this stuff online, and it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> Other times, interesting dynamic stuff that you don't even know about, and you're working on the thing. <laughs> Fascinating. Uh, so, what was it like for you guys? I mean, uh, maybe this isn't. Again, this might be. Maybe you're kind of going back and forth. But I know, Dane, there's a photo of you in David's lab. Um, did you go there like after? 
you did you kind of have one appearance there like hey i can see my work all up on set or how was that what was that experience like for you oh man uh, you know i kind of took ownership of the sets um because because i was um uh, like at least mentally not not like it was my set but i, I kind of became so invested in it just organically, it wasn't an ego thing. I just was so into doing that that I started to kind of just stay there, you know. Like so, when it was when the living quarters was getting dressed, you know, I was in there, and you know, I also wanted to make sure Matt stuff was getting some front and center screen time. So I'd always, I'd be like, no, no, I know the camera setup's going to be there. I mean, with Ridley, it doesn't really matter because he changes, you know, he walk into the set and just, you know, kind of go with how he feels about it. But I did my best to orchestrate things up. So I actually got way more photos on the living quarters set, um, which is mine and Matt's stuff, and um, not as much on on the bigger set, on the lab set, because I was just so busy working on it. And so my wife came in on one weekend, took a couple of you know photos with her iPhone, but I didn't get any really good photos. So I don't know. It's funny though. I don't really regret it. I mean, it would be nice to have them, but. Uh, it's I don't know it's it's way more romantic in my memory you know I have a better kind of feeling about it so I don't know you know I spent a ton of time on the set though. in okay. answer to your question I spent heaps of time on it and then okay. when they were shooting okay. in fact one of the last things they shot was a promotional video that I don't think got seen but where Matt and I were sort of um, there was talk of uh, one of us appearing as being David's hand in the in this video, uh, but the thing is, I'm left-handed, and so I was out. I was out, so I couldn't do it. Sucks to be you, dude. Yeah. <laughs> but no, but Matt and I just sat around the whole day, so it was good. And I, and I think like uh, Dane coming from his his sort of like, like he said, you know, uh, building props and SFX and all of that sort of stuff. Uh, knows his way around a set more than I do. Uh, I have the sneaking suspicion that that when I was helping put stuff up on, on the David's quarters stuff, they just sort of politely, you know, didn't ask me back. And, you know, <laughs> you know that just just, just sure that is. guy who's tripping all over himself. Yeah, don't don't worry about that, dude. <laughs> <laughs> is there anything that you guys um, wish would have made it? Into the movie, like anything that you guys created that you wish would have been fully realized in the final cut? Uh, I think both of us could easily argue that, you know, when you you put everything into the, the project, you, you want to see it on screen. And, you know, it, all of our stuff gets some pretty quick screen time. I mean, it, it would have been nicer to do more, but who knows if narratively that would have worked, I suppose. You can't help but feel attached to it. So at least on my part, that's how I feel. Fair enough. Yeah, me me too. Uh, I feel that way about like you know the the creature guys as well, uh, where you know with the stuff uh, because that was such beautiful stuff, uh, and yes, a lot of it I guess was replaced. But the one thing I don't see uh, anybody talking about there is that. Uh, it, it wasn't just let's replace it all with CG because you know uh, Ridley builds a lot of stuff and you know and he does love practical and and, and that sort of thing. Uh, but why didn't anybody notice that you know the aliens run on all fours like animals and that sort of thing? And these are more sort of these are earlier versions of, of you know um, 
the Neo and, and, and the Xeno and, and that sort of thing, uh, just you can't do that stuff as well in, in a suit, like at the speed they were going and that sort of thing. And just, just, and just that um, having the, the creature go from, you know, standing on two legs like a human to running on all fours so that it, it can, you know, go as fast as a cheetah and all of that sort of thing. Well, yeah, that, that you know, I, I can see why, you know, they would go for CG. And, and yes, absolutely, it kills me because some of, like, the, the work that those guys did was so super cool. Things like uh, the, the Xeno head where, where um, Greg had done this, uh, mechanism where okay he had accelerometers and all of this sort of stuff but the basic uh, neck where it was like a, a, a luxo lamp you know with the opposing springs and it gave it this beautiful cat-like motion and, and that sort of thing uh you know it kills me <laughs> that we didn't see that uh but by the same token storytelling wise it it does leave room uh, for, for the evolution to the final Xeno and, and that sort of stuff, and the the um, just the the figurative thing of it, of it being more like an animal and stalking the prey and all of that sort of stuff, and, and yeah, sure for for my work as well, uh, I, I would love more of that metaphorical stuff to be in there. And finally, I guess uh, back to what I was saying before about the story. Um, you know, it, it did get cut back so much uh, that it became more similar to other films, whereas the David story and the mystery of what's gone on for the 10 years, I think, is something that we hadn't seen in any other film. So that would have been cool. <laughs> Do you guys have a, um, like, a favourite? Um, I, 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 these questions are, this question can be like, oh, well, it's all my favourite, you know, or or <laughs> maybe a... Um, and I, as an artist myself, there's things that I create that I'm like, hey, I, I really love this more than I love that. Is there anything that you guys, in terms of maybe a, a drawing or something that you created for that set, for the lab, or for something else, that you're like, hey, this is this is what I'm really proud of? Uh, it's um, <clears throat> look, can I? I just first of all wanted to say I personally loved a lot of Matt's drawings. Actually, <laughs> like um, I, I remember <laughs> if it gets seen in the film. I know he's released it since, but there's this awesome drawing of Shaw where they basically from the beneath her nose has been cut away and there's all this disgusting, yeah. like, rotted flesh underneath. Man, that is one sick drawing. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Make a wonderful Christmas card. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> Your mum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I've no, got to say, I'm, I'm – sorry, go. Go on, dude. Sorry. Well, no, man, I was just going to say, but in terms of one thing I was really proud of, I did one egg. Um, it hasn't really made it out into the media yet, but I, I did a drawing of an egg that Ridley took home and, and he was like, that, that's going up in my, my house or wherever the hell he wanted to put it. But that was, that was really flattering and so that, that was really special to me. So, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, that's really cool. That's a nice little one. And remember how we couldn't trick him either. Oh man, <laughs> I know because Ridley walked in and when he saw our, uh, the first drawings, he goes, oh, I, I never take anything home, but I'm gonna take these home. And Matt and I were immediately like, We're like, damn man, maybe we'll just give him some prints. And you know, he won't even know if it was charcoal or not. And, oh. and then, 
we're kind of just, uh, I don't know if you've seen, there's a good photo of Matt and I that the stills photographer took with um, with Ridley. Yes. And uh, that was because I said to Matt, I said, dude, if we just, you know, straight up go up and, and say, listen, um, you, you know, basically we stir the pot with him and get a photo, he's going to take our work. So we have to choose, you know. It's like either we get to, you know, like, sneak our work home or we give it all up and get a nice photo with him. And so that's what went down. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he didn't take any of your work? Oh no, he did. He took them. He took our real our real drawings home, some of them at least. Wow. Um, and that was yeah. the thing. We couldn't get it past him either because he repeatedly sort of re- reiterated that not not just the prints, like not just the ones that were on the set and that sort of thing. I, I want the originals too, even if they're not completed or, or whatever. We're like, damn, man, because, you know, he's an artist, so... He knows, you know, because, <laughs> yeah, we, we were hoping it's like, well, you know, it wasn't the final thing, so maybe we can have <laughs> blah, blah, blah. But, uh, yeah, no, I couldn't get that past him. But that was super funny, uh, that that photo, because uh, the first thing he did, like, when, when he rolled on in, and, and it was so great. Uh, and, and this is Dane yet again. Uh, being phenomenal, just just uh, he's more ostentatious than I am, and he's he's more tenacious and and that sort of thing. So he kept on uh, with Ridley's assistant, and and because it's true, we, we you know we grew up on that first film and all of that sort of we adore it so much that Dane was like, oh, just you know let us know and and we'll be there and all of that sort of stuff. And eventually the assistant got back to us and said, yep, absolutely, it's going to happen. So all props to Dane for, for that stuff all the time, you know. Uh, but, yeah, when he, he rolled in there, uh, he just pointed the finger of doom at us and, and uh, he was like, what art school did you go to, to Dane? <laughs> <laughs> and, and uh, you know, and then, you know, what, what, what college did you go to to me and that sort of thing? And we're both like, well, we, we sort of didn't, was self-taught and that sort of thing. And it was hilarious because it ruined his segue into him studying at the Royal College of Art and all of that sort of stuff for all these years and that sort of thing. But uh, And then he's telling us about, um, you know, storyboarding, that, you know, that's why he makes these films. And he does make these films for, you know, two-thirds to half of what other people, you know, making them would cost. Uh, and, and, you know, uh, uh, just because he storyboards the whole thing and that sort of thing. And I'm a storyboard artist too. And I'm like, we do, we, we know, we, we have been following you our whole lives and, and that sort of thing. So it was just, it was pretty cool, you yeah. know. Uh, but, yeah, just the stuff that, that um, he was saying and uh, that he thought we might might not have known and that sort of thing. But, uh yeah, so that that was pretty awesome experience, I've got to say. Uh, yeah, sorry, <laughs> that, that's it. <laughs> Do you guys, now here's a naive question, uh, like in terms of the stuff that you created for the film, do you have possession of any of it? Do they all take it? Like, how does that work? Like, how would you go about getting a book made if you guys wanted to say, hey, we want it, or is that like it's all property of Fox? Well, it is. Uh, yeah, but, it's all property of Fox, but... <clears throat> Yeah, uh, you talked about the book, dude. Oh yeah, so um, you know, I, I actually put a pitch together for a book that was just Matt and my work. Like it was, and basically it follows the arc of David. It starts off in his, you know, his innocent studies that 
look kind of Geigery, then goes into the lab, and then it gets into the fantasy horror version of it until finally it ends up at Matt's, you know, portrait work of Shaw, where basically you'll get to see all the stuff we did because, you know, there's so many, so much extra stuff that, you know, no one's even seen. So, um, you know, we still have, so Fox own all of that stuff and until the DVD comes out, there's nothing that we can really do in terms of pushing it on people. But once once the Blu-ray is out and people have already bought it, then, then I guess Fox's interest in generating revenue is going to go to something more long-term rather than just pushing the film. So yeah. that's when, um, you know, I'll tell you, I kept one drawing that I did and um, I had no idea that they were going to do this, but it was the drawing they used for the cover of the book and they, they gave away the limited edition prints. So, which is, um, which there's a funny story behind that too. Matt will have to laugh about this, but that's a drawing I did before I got onto the film. And uh, I did it on, you know, I did a concept in Photoshop just to get into the vibe of Alien. You know, I was like, oh, I just want to, I want to do something, you know, cool and, and show the designer that I can do this stuff. And and then when we got onto the film and I, you know, a couple of months in and I started working on the lap drawings, I was like, oh man, why don't I just do another rendition of this guy? You know, I kind of like him. So I did it. And Lo and behold, now it's it's a part of so much promotional material. <laughs> it's yeah. become like on the yeah, internet. Actually, actually grew up one of those prints from uh, Regal Cinema. <laughs> oh man, no way! That's awesome. And it was also <laughs> uh, the ticket when you I went to the CA. Yes, that's right. Alien yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot about that too. Yeah. And they handed out these postcards, and the postcards are just that image. <clears throat> oh, fantastic! Oh, man, that's so yeah. cool, man. Yeah. <laughs> I was actually that's I was sorry. Go on. No, no, that's it. Uh, yeah. I was uh, just going to add to that. I, I was starting sorry, to talk no. before about uh, that that image of Danes, that that particular alien one. Uh, okay, it's it's obviously it's not my favorite drawing of mine, but but my favorite drawing of Danes, I think, because and I love that it's on on these boxes and on the promotional stuff too, because at the same time, it's it's both very alien to me. Uh, and very, uh, you know, in, in the Giga way and all of that sort of thing. But it's also so Dane, that style. That's that's why I love it. You know, it's both things. So, yeah, that, I, I think that's one of my, my favourite ones of, of all the stuff that you did, dude. Thanks, man. Cheers. I don't know if you guys um, are familiar with this um, horror company called uh, Freight Rags, but a couple of the... Um, David's drawings you guys did ended up on have ended up on t-shirts. I don't know if you guys have seen that yet. Yeah. All right, man. I saw one thing straight after the film came out. I saw one uh, little thing where they were selling t-shirts with drawings on it, and I saw that they someone had photoshopped. Matt, I don't know if you've seen this. I've been dying to show it to you, but they All photoshopped right. one of the skulls that it did. You know, there's like the screaming skull with the secondary mouth. You know, the yeah. one it's it's coming from black. They photoshopped yeah. that with one of the eggs onto its head, and it just looks like a dick head. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I know, I'm, look, you know what? I'm looking at it right now. I know exactly what you're talking about. I got to see that. Oh, man. No. So is that is that the one I'm you guys are talking about? Yep. I'm staring okay. right at the alien dick head. <laughs> you got to send it to me, man. You have to send it to me so I can show that. Yeah, well... That's hilarious. Well, yep, there is yep. precedent, I guess, for a phallic head. But, oh, yeah. Uh, maybe <laughs> so, Dane, do you know that? Do you, do you, Dane, do you know what people were speculating on that 
that design that you did, that one that you, you, you know, the, the one they're using it to market everything, people were speculating yeah. that it was Shaw. Oh, really? No way. It, yeah. Oh, man, that, that would have been such a cool turn of events. If yeah. it, like if it got that far, you know, like if, if David's experiments went that far, that yeah. would be so long. Um, yeah, that was a lot of speculation that he uh, was experimenting on Shaw and she became kind of the mother, uh, at, at, proverbially and literally. Um, and because there's a description of Shaw somewhere and they said that there's tubes coming out of the back of her head. And so then all of a sudden everyone was presented with this image and everyone, hey, that's Shaw, that's Shaw. Um Wow, that's, that's, that's so cool, man. Like, it, that's the funny thing, too, because, you know, obviously Fox and Alien such a high-profile job that, um, you know, it's not, good to, it's not good to share stuff, uh, you know, like it could cost you your job. Yeah. But what had happened was I had already released that, that drawing. I did it before I even started on Alien. Like I, I heard a rumor that it was coming, and so I, I did that drawing, and I put it straight up on the net, and I was like, oh, yeah, just – it's like sharing my artwork. And then once I got onto the film, then I'd sort of retroactively inserted it into the lexicon. I was a little bit like, oh, shit, man. So you'll find on Facebook I've actually deleted it. So, um, yeah, look, I think I'll put it back up on Facebook. But, I mean, not that it matters. It's already on, you know. It's it's been shared around quite a bit, but uh, no, I'm re I'm really touched that people have responded to it like that. You know, I, I, for me to be able to play harmoniously next to Gaga, uh, some people have tried to criticise me like, uh, oh, you can't, you know, this will never live up to Gaga. But I hope they understand. I'd never try. Like, uh, you know, his legacy is his own, and, and I'm just glad I got to play in the same toy box. You know, yeah. just next to it. I, I, I could never touch the legacy, but. Uh, so far, you know, there's been some great reactions, and I've, I'm really grateful that I can just stand next to it in some capacity. Yeah. Uh, so here's the question, the elephant in the room, to both of you. What did you think of the movie? <laughs> you go, Matt. You go, dude. <laughs> <laughs> that should be interesting. Uh, look, man, you know, I, I for, for so many reasons, I liked it a bit more than Prometheus, but... um. Look, you know, there's, there's things I liked about it, but my criticisms uh, would be mainly focused at scale. I, I felt that, look, it was so much more concerned about being an action horror movie than it was being, um, you know, I guess uh, like this very patient um, sci-fi epic. And, um, you know, so I can't really hold that against it. But the thing about Alien was that it was so – the scale of that film was so breathtaking yeah. that every single yeah. shot was so – had such a mm -hmm. sense of mankind is minuscule in the grand vacuum of space, you know. And um, th this one wasn't as concerned with having that. And so, you know, I felt a little um, – uh, like I, I, I don't know. I, I, um, I would criticize any given film that comes out as of late. I just love – really patient moments where you could just establish a character with a, with a glance or with a little bit of something, you know? And, um, I feel like th this one just had such a pacing issue where it was so, man, it was busy trying to rip my neck off before I could really just sit down and be like, wow, I'm in this world, you know? So that's how I felt. I mean, overall I, I did still like it. Like, as I said, I liked it a little bit more than Prometheus. So, um, you know, I, I still liked it. I agree. I, I liked it more than Prometheus as well. Uh, yeah. Mainly uh, because 
ambiguity. I love ambiguity. And, you know, like I say, I tried to build that stuff in uh, with with my drawings in my own small way. And actually, I think my favourite drawing of mine would be the the profile of, of Shaw, um, you know, where, where, you know, her, her heart is exposed and all that sort of thing. Because I don't know uh, if it's just a Catholic thing, but because but, uh, I don't think people really saw it that way. Uh, but I, I like all the, the sacrilegious sort of imagery and, and uh, basically it's it's the immaculate heart and all, everything that says about Shaw as Madonna and whore and, and uh, uh, David's mother figure and, you know, uh, just... The, the Virgin Mary imagery, all of that sort of stuff. I, I've got the, the the helmet like a halo around her, and so anyway, I, I love that sort of stuff. Uh, but in Prometheus, I, I felt like you know it, it was more that we just didn't know about things, rather than there being a backstory that we didn't quite find out about. And uh, so, I, so I liked I, I like that about. Um, covenant that that sort of in in some ways it, it sort of dispensed with that a little bit but it, as i said before it was so cut back to the bone that the things that that made covenant different to all the other films were lost so there are things that i really like about it and things that I, I really don't but um you know and you've got to sort of try and divorce yourself from your own bias having worked on it and all of that sort of thing so there are always going to be mixed emotions but and Conversely, of course, having worked on it, there are things that you like. Invariably, on any movie, there's stuff that you thought worked so much better before, <laughs> and and yeah. the changed, and things that the audience got or didn't get that that were were, were strange to you, and and that sort of thing. Like uh, uh, a couple of things. Oh, one thing in particular was like uh, people have, have sort of talked about. Um, Arum and the egg and and that sort of thing and there was an earlier draft where it, it was cool in terms of of cinematic storytelling where he said oh it, it's okay you know you can look in the egg and that sort of thing and he, he's like here i'll show you and david leans over the egg and of course nothing happens because david's not alive of course Oram doesn't get that he doesn't know that about the egg because remember this is before alien and all of that sort of thing yeah. uh so it, it we know as the audience and david knows that that you know why that's happening Oram doesn't know so it ratchets up the tension and then so of course Oram does lean over and he gets caught and that sort of thing uh which i felt was a really nice way to play it um yeah it it sort of got up back more than that and you know, so there are always things like that. But yeah, it's it's funny. You try to be, try not to be biased and and try to be objective. But it's it's a strange situation. <laughs> I bet. No, I think you guys pretty much uh, pretty much nailed it. And yeah, you guys feel the same. Fair, uh, fair view of what most of us have uh, have said. I mean, I enjoyed it, but I have you know very similar complaints to you guys. The pacing and the grand scale is just. Is not where it should be. It's enjoyable. I did like it better than Prometheus, but it's still not um, what it could have been. I have a couple of last questions for both of you. I don't know, D uh, Dave, if you have just to kind of wrap this up. I don't want to. I know you guys are 
uh, Matt, I don't even know what time it is for you or or you, Dave. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, lunchtime. I know, I know yeah. Matt. It's probably. It's is, it, is it even the same month over there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. It's all you need to know is we're ahead of you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, my last kind of question for both of you is: uh, What films, aside from Alien? inspire you and inspired you maybe when you were a kid that kind of i think artists people like us people like you there's a moment or uh, perhaps a film or a comic or, or a graphic novel or something that kind of explodes your imagination into wonder into awe what are those films for you or whatever those things were um, let me go first, Matt, because you've got a list, man. It's going <laughs> to... <laughs> I also have a bad memory, but go. <laughs> um, man, I, my earliest memory of, like, wanting to make films was I used to watch all of the Harryhausen stuff. So the, yes. um, the Seventh Voyage of Sinbad for me and uh, Jason and the Argonauts and the Golden Fleece. When I was a kid, that was my thing, man. And that, that's some of my earliest memories is watching that stuff. And... Uh, I mean, it used to give me nightmares, but I, I kept coming back. That's why I'm such a sicko now. But I um, that's my earliest memory of being inspired. Like, like obviously, Star Wars and Alien would go on to get me going. And uh, I'd also like to publicly declare on behalf of Matt and I as well that we both have a deep affection for Alien 3 as well. Oh, yes. And I, yes, <laughs> excellent. It's my next favorite yeah. after the original. Excellent. <laughs> well, that's so good. Yeah, a lot of people, I mean, a lot of people don't like it, but, you know, Matt and I have heaps of conversations and uh, we can talk in shorthand, you know, based on the script. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Alien is more. Yeah, it took me. Alien 3. It is took more, the fandom a long time to catch up to Alien 3. What a fantastic movie. Totally. Oh, Alien man. 3 is more like come... Alien in pacing and everything than Aliens ever could yeah. be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, now we're getting into some dicey territory. But yes, yeah, absolutely right. I know that's probably <laughs> sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I was going to say that I, I do think this, the second act is is a mess uh, in in both both versions of the film. But I, yep, I do yeah. love it, and I, yeah. I absolutely argue that okay, um, Sigourney was nominated for acting for Aliens, but her acting in Alien 3, like yeah. whatever you want to say about the story of the film, and yes, it, it was a mess from before it even went in front of cameras and all of that sort of stuff, but her performance in, in that is just amazing and, and the most adult and, and, and nuanced of, of any of the films. Yeah. I just love how unforgiving it is, man. Like, and look, that, that comes down to taste as well. Because I, I get a lot of people they wanted the family dynamic. Cameron himself, you know, was like, "Well, I want a slap in the face," but I, that wasn't what floated my boat. Like, and and that's just the kind of guy I am. But I just love the dour kind of. Uh, uh, it's it's so unforgiving and uh, yeah. the opening scene when she's covered in oil and there's fleas and yes. shit jumping around her. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god. So cool, man. <laughs> yeah, like like I've always said, this is the alien universe. There's no happy endings. There's no family. It's supposed yeah. to be fucked up and depressing, and you're supposed to wince. You're supposed to feel un uncomfortable. You know, there's no white picket fences. There's no, you know, there's no nuclear family. It's it's depressing and it's emotional. That's what Alien Three, despite its little flaws and everything, that's what it gave you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some really and a lot of uh, underrated characters too, with Dylan, and I'm a huge fan of Morris. Just yeah. climbing, yeah. it's great stuff. Pete Bosselwhite as well. But, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
like so, like, you know, um, this is kind of digressing a little bit, and um, like I'm sure Matt will get back to his favorite films, but um, <laughs> Matt and I talk about this a lot. But there's also in Alien, like the thing that Geiger brought to it, like one of the most important things I feel is that he he would harp on sexuality. So much of his drawings are sexual, and and the way the reason it, it becomes so serene, like it's such a dual bladed. Uh, uh, experience looking at his art because it, it's got this it's got a sexual edge which is nice and pleasant and uh, we relate to it but then it's turned on its head and it's disgusting and it's penetrative and it creeps us out and I feel like you know even even the fact that Sigourney shags um, Charles Dance's character you know he just brings it back into we get more of that we get more of that um, that sexuality which Matt and I want a crusade to keep that in covenant as well I don't know if we managed to succeed but we uh, you know our drawings we, we wanted to keep that stuff in there because we're so it's such a it's such a great um, fundamental um, it works on such a fundamental level you know so anyway and it was the one thing that really made made it different to all the other sci-fi stuff and horror stuff. Sorry, sci-fi horror stuff. Uh, it was yeah. un-Hollywood with that first movie. It was, you know, male rape. It, it was the sexuality. It was all of those things that, that it, it was visceral in, in all senses of the word. Uh, and, and, you know, I, which is why I, I'll always love that one. Uh, and... and I, I love Aliens, absolutely one of my all-time faves as well, but uh, going from browns to blues and, and being a bit more clinical, I, I just, you know, I, I sort of want that sort of adult sort of sexuality back in there and, and you know, but at the same time, uh, his genius was to not make the same damn film, so. No, yeah, you know. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I just even, uh, I, just because I'm such a Ripley, a, huge fan of Ripley, just the, the fact that Ripley in Alien 3, visually, she's lost everything. She's lost her hair. She looks like one yep, of the yep. prisoners. She's kind of, yep. she's lost, Not, I mean, she she's lost every crew she's been with. She lost a family she just made with Hicks and Newt. I mean, she's at the end yep. of herself. And even in the yep. film, I mean, as much as hell is that, is that uh, film went into to be made and all those drafts of scripts and the production and all that stuff, here you still had a character that they managed to craft that uh, was at the end of herself, at the end of her, yeah. kind of the end of her life, and uh, she gave up in the film. She had given up, and it was Dylan who was like, no, if you don't care, I do. And he kind of pushed her back into to be who she was. I mean, it's brilliant. It's brilliant, I think. And all of that stripping back makes the thematic stuff, you know, more laid open. And, and you know, it, again, it gets into to all the metaphor just so much more cleanly. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my only other question, and Dave, if you have one uh, or any other questions. Yeah, I just got uh, – it's kind of a basic last one, but is there anything you guys are um, currently still work, are working on now or have uh, plans to in the future? Any new movies, uh, TV shows? Um, we both just finished on Pacific Rim. Oh, and then we both went on to Aquaman as well. So we just, well, um, I, I, I finished Pacific on Pacific Rim. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, we got to do some fun stuff on that one. Um, I, I've like, I for one had a ball on that film. I, I, um, I absolutely love my time on it. But, um, and then, and the yeah, what's that, the awesome. the, the, what's that meant? The boss? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stefan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Steph Yeah, he um, yeah, he was 
such a it just celebrated illustrators, man. It was so great. It was so much fun. And we can um, talk in shorthand about it. And and he he would ref he would say in terms of shape language. Uh, give me a bit more Sid Mead on that, or, or can can I have a little more of a Ron Cobb sort of feel around those wow. edges and yeah, yeah. that sort of stuff. So, and, and him having been an illustrator for for so many years at ILM and all of that sort of stuff, that was really cool. Uh, on the flip side, because the first movie didn't make uh, so much money for what what it cost, uh, most of the budget was for ILM. So, so it was always. Hey guys, uh, we've got a dollar ninety three for this. You know, can you can you do it? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, my last question is for you, Matt. Uh, just because I'm a huge fan of the Dark Crystal, uh, can you talk a little bit about uh, how you got on Power of the Dark Crystal and when when that was? Because they announced that movie twelve years ago, I believe. And of course, we all know okay. now that they're doing a Netflix series. Uh, it's a prequel series. Power of the Dark Crystal is dead, but uh, in the Dark Crystal groups that I'm in. Uh, someone was like, yeah, these, these are these photos by, uh, these images by Matt Hatton. I said, Hey, I'm interviewing him tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> and I was looking, I was like, Whoa, this is crazy. Um, so can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Well, I, I don't think I actually said, but, but Dark Crystal is one of my childhood favorites that that's one of my big movies as well. And, you know, from forever, I like Jim Henson is my hero oh, me too. for some yeah. reasons. And, and you know, aside, it's not celebrity. It's, it's you know, it's not even filmmaking in the end. Uh, he's just one of those guys that brought so much to the world. And I, I, I don't get sort of all cut up about, you know, if losing people and that sort of thing. But but I think he was one of the guys that, that at the end of the day, there are just too few people like him in the world. Uh, but back to Dark Crystal. Oh, man, absolutely. Uh so, so from being a kid, and and like Dane, my first thing was was Ray Harryhausen. It, it was um, uh, that that was the first thing I was ever allowed to stay up late watching. It, it was Jason and the Argonauts, and then yeah. Star Wars in my mind. And, and you know, obviously, I didn't get to see Alien till a bit older, and that sort of thing. But yeah, um, Dark Crystal and all of that sort of stuff is so rich. Man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I didn't work on the first version, which was Andy Tartakovsky, who, yeah. who's just awesome as well. And, and being an animation guy as well, I, I just, he's, he's phenomenal. This is, uh, I think that the next version, which was, uh, director Michael Gracie, who I, I've worked with on, for, uh, on tons of stuff, but you know, nothing has ever got up. And, and, uh, Crystal was one of those ones. Uh, and it was, I don't know, I had too much fun working on that stuff because I adore it so much and I wanted to be completely true to, to uh, Brian Froud's yeah. genius and, and that sort of thing. Uh, yeah, and, and just put as much depth and, and storytelling in there as, as possible. And um, uh, on, on that particular one, and this happened a few times because there were a couple of iterations after that, uh, I think Hansons were, were happy to go, uh, that they were good to go and, and pleased with the script and all of that sort of thing. Uh, but, but, you know, I don't want to speak for, for Michael but, um, uh, and, and Brian, but, you know, they felt, I think, and I absolutely felt that 
with the Skeksis. Uh, basically, uh, they they were hidden away for the whole movie, you know, pretty much literally in a cage in the castle. And yeah, there was a bit of a, a, a ticking ticking clock thing of will they escape? But I feel like you you can't do that to the Skeksis personally. Like yeah. they're, they're such antagonists and and that sort of thing. You, you could probably stick the Mystics, you know, in jail and that sort of thing because they're not. <laughs> You know that physical and yeah, stuff. They yeah. probably chant a lot about it and <laughs> that sort of thing. But, um, yeah. You know, it, it just seemed to betray the characters and, and that sort of thing in that way. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe that was part of the the parting of ways and, and that sort of thing. But yeah, I just man, the the thing about Dark Crystal too is pretty much every scene there's some new revelation yeah. and some deeper sort of. It, it's not just the base narrative, they just, you know, it's this world that you keep discovering through Jen's eyes and and that sort of stuff. So I adore it. it. And and, um, the one nice thing that came out of working on all that was I I got a lovely letter from Hanson's and an actual letter, not an email, uh, saying that they wanted to say thank you and that they felt like it was in the tradition of Brian's work and that sort of thing. So you can't believe how happy that made me. So, yeah, that's yeah. super cool. That's awesome. That is awesome. And I know, you that's know, very awesome. Jim Henson uh, said uh, years, you know, after The Dark Crystal was made, he said, you know, I really feel felt like I feel like it's a complete story and doesn't need a sequel. And I really feel like kind of now his wishes have been honored. He didn't need a sequel. So they're kind of going back and telling really a better story with the Netflix series. But that's a conversation for another time. Um, Mm -hmm. Thank you guys so much for being on. Um, Yes, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. And spending your time. This has been awesome for us. Uh, We can't wait to have people listen to what you had to say. Uh, Thanks so much. Yep. Have a good one, guys. Okay. And uh, Dane, check your uh, Facebook for that all-important alien penis picture. <laughs> 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 Dude, thanks so much, guys. Thanks a lot, guys. Yeah, no problem, guys. Thanks again. Have Talk a good night you. or day or afternoon, whatever it is there. Cargo and ship destroyed. I should reach the frontier in about six weeks. With a little luck, the network will pick me up. This is Ripley, last survivor of the Nostromo, signing off. <laughs>